0: Welcome to the Book Club Girl podcast, where we chat about great books with awesome authors and you, our listeners, get to ask the questions. I'm Tavia Kowalczyk, and today we're going to be talking about one of the most buzzed about campus novels of the year. So I wanted to talk about two of my favorite campus novels that I've read in the past. One of those novels is The Art of Fielding by Chad Harbaugh. I read this book when it first came out and I loved it, not only because of the baseball woven throughout, but because of the way that the students interact with the professors and the relationships they have with each other. It really is a true classic campus novel. And of course, I would be absolutely remiss if I did not mention Harry Potter. Completely different tone than what the book we're going to discuss today, but it is the quintessential boarding school campus novel.
1: And I'm Eliza Rosenberry and Tavia, I love both of those books and I love campus novels in general. I think it's such a fun setting and really lends itself to the sort of like closed in suspenseful vibe. And one of my favorites is The Secret History by Donna Tartt, which is such a great novel. On
0: today's show, an isolated and elite private college deep in the woods of Pennsylvania and the secret of research happening in the campus laboratories, we'll be talking about the new Gothic suspense novel, Catherine House. And later in the show, we'll be joined by debut novelist, Elizabeth Thomas.
1: And now we present to you, Catherine House, Abridged. In
0: exchange for free
1: tuition, room and board, and
0: endless opportunity once they graduate. Students at the highly selective private college Catherine House must stay on campus for their entire time in school. That means no spring breaks, no summers at home, and not even any contact with parents or friends. Inez Murillo doesn't care about the outside world. She's fleeing self-destructive teenage behavior and a dark past and can't wait to disappear into her new identity as a Catherine House student, exploring the musty old libraries and partying with her interesting new friends. The most intense course of study at Catherine House is called New Materials, the study of a mysterious plasm that originated at the school in previous decades. Public opinion off campus is that plasm is a fraud, but the research continues at Catherine House. First-year students are invited to their coming-in ceremony, a Catherine House tradition in which students recite incantations, and the new materials concentrators poke plasm pins into their bodies. Inez's roommate, Baby, studies around the clock, desperately trying to earn admission into the new materials program, but things for Baby go horribly wrong, and Inez starts to wonder what the new materials research actually entails. Elizabeth Thomas's debut novel, Catherine House, intertwines gothic sensibility with a speculative twist for a suspenseful and entirely original story. What did you think of this book, Eliza?
1: Tavia, I love Catherine House. It is such a good novel. And- You know, the setting, which you spent some time talking about, to me, was so unforgettable. I read this book months ago, and it's really stayed with me. And just this sort of, like, musty old private college, like, deep in the woods. And to me, the setting felt really dreamy. Like, it's sort of the atmosphere of this book was just really something special.
0: I agree. I wonder if it doesn't seem dreamy because everyone's doped up on this plasm. (laughs) But um, I also love the setting and I loved – for me, it was a very visual yet perplexing book because the way that she describes the campus and the buildings and the ways you get from room to room on the campus – it's so maze-like that the students never take the same way to get anywhere. And every time they go left, they seem to end up in some other part of campus. (laughs) It's like shifting staircases or something. It's crazy. I love that. And I also love that in the basement, there's this art gallery with all of this fine art. And Inez spends hours down there staring at those paintings. And I really love that part of the book.
1: Yeah, me too. And speaking of Inez, she was so interesting because sometimes she was seemed almost like preternaturally like observant and insightful, like she just sort of suddenly would have this moment of clarity and seemed to totally understand and take in everything that was happening. And yet for most of the book, she sort of seemed like she was in a fog, like she was just really detached from the world around her in a lot of ways. Such an interesting perspective for the book to go with.
0: You know, it's so interesting. Now that you say that, I'm wondering if Inez didn't have PTSD. Whoa. Oh my God, I bet she
1: did. Just a thought.
0: Yeah, you're right. So not related to PTSD at all. Another thing I loved about this book, and I'm telling you, I'm going for the pure tactile experience of this novel. These students are fed the richest, luscious meals. (laughs) They are just so old fashioned. It's like buttery French meals and just these old-fashioned kind of entrees, and they get cookies and tea every day. It's delivered to their rooms. It's it's amazing. And, you know, it's like there's no drinking age. They can have all the wine they want. It's at their disposal. It's truly, I mean, if that had been my college experience, it would have been a little bit more than the freshman 15, let me tell you. <laughs>
1: I love that about the book too, in a way that, you know, the detail of sort of crafting the world of Catherine House, it felt so real. I mean, Mm -hmm. it also felt like I said, like it was sort of like this atmospheric fever dream, but it also felt so, like you said, tactile, like all of these little details of like the trays outside their room every day with cookies and tea and walking through the hallways and like looking at these, you know, a very like, elaborate framed paintings that are sort of of this like bygone style. Um, Yeah, I just loved the whole atmosphere of the book. And, and those details really made it. And of course, I touched on this briefly when I said that they have all the wine
0: and booze at their disposal that they want, but there is a lot of debauchery in this book. These students are truly partying. They kind of put Animal House to shame. And, you know, it's a true Greek symposium model of education, right, where they all get wasted and debate various topics. And they also ramble around the house and discover these nooks and crannies and pull things out of the attic. I think one time they find a bicycle and another time they find a VCR and it's crazy all this stuff they find. But Elizabeth Thomas absolutely has created this sort of idyllic yet ominous college experience for yeah. sure in Catherine's yeah. that perfectly right. fits the plot.
1: Yeah. That tension that you're describing, Tavia, between like the school seems so interesting and like like it would make you interesting if you went there almost. And yet there's this darkness there also and the sort of mystery.
0: I can't wait to talk to the author about this book. Oh my Me gosh. Too. I have so many questions for her. Let's do our virtual toast and then move into this interview because I can't wait to get her on the phone.
1: Cheers. Cheers. I wanted to remind you guys that we love to hear from you. You can post reviews of the podcast. You can join our Facebook group, The Book Club Girls, where you can talk with other book lovers and pose your own questions to the authors who appear on this show. You can find us there at facebook.com slash groups slash The Book Club Girls. Today, we're joined by
0: Elizabeth Thomas, whose book, Catherine House, is out now.
1: Welcome, Lizzie, to The Book Club Girl podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. So to get things started, we have a question from Vesna, who's a member of our Book Club Girls Facebook group, and she wants to know if you went to boarding school or how you got the inspiration for the setting of Catherine House.
2: I did not go to boarding school, but my high school was really small. It was about 40 people per grade so i think it had a lot of that kind of boarding school you know everyone knew everything that was happening with everyone really kind of (laughs) really tight community feeling but no it wasn't an actual boarding school i would say more of the setting came from when i went to college and that kind of sense of suddenly being cut off from the world it was really exciting but it was kind of a feeling that when i i remember the first time i went home after i had been at college for a few weeks, like that first break that I came back, I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what's been happening in the news. Like I have been so cut off from the world and it just happens kind of subtly. You don't almost almost don't realize. And then you suddenly realize that you've just been in this kind of surreal world where all that matters is your studies and these kind of petty dramas that are happening between people. And I thought that was so interesting. So I thought it would be fun to kind of uh, turn that into this somewhat mystical version of that for Catherine House.
1: Yeah, you capture that feeling so perfectly in Catherine House. And it's like just a little bit like turned up, you know, it's like a little bit high contrast that like sensation. Yeah, I love that. Sherry from our Facebook group has a great question.
0: She says that your book is intense and thrilling, which we agree with. And she says it's also relatable for many individuals at that time of their life. She notes that Inez deals with peer pressure and struggles with school. And Sherry wants to know if these were struggles you faced during high school or college, how your experiences as a student around that time in your life influenced your writing?
2: That's a great question. I think that she's right that there's something about that time period, the early 20s, Time when we're in college, that for so many people is a real like time of transition, whether because you're going to college or just I don't know, that's when your hormones are going crazy, and or another one of the times when your hormones are going <laughs> crazy. And it's just um it's kind of when you're learning how to be an adult. And I think it's really hard and really exciting for a lot of people, and then hard because it's exciting and exciting because it's hard. I would say that I drew a lot of my experiences from college for the book. It's really funny because. After my college experience, I looked back on it, I was like, oh my God, those were the best years of my life. But when I thought about it, I was like, oh, there were some months there that like it's like you're still a, you're still a normal human. You're just like you have ups and downs, you still don't want to do your homework, you're sleep deprived, you just want to go home, that kind of feeling. So I became really interested kind of in the the way nostalgia works, where all of a sudden we can also even have nostalgia for times that weren't that happy in the moment. I love that. I think you
1: capture that so well in the book. So, I want to ask you about your protagonist, Inez. Even after Inez starts to suspect that there's something amiss at Catherine House when it comes to like new materials, she still desperately wants to feel like she belongs there. And so, did you see this tension as like an internal conflict for Inez? Or what is
2: it about Catherine House that is so alluring to her? I think that 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 central tension is, for me, so so important to the book. I think that's so important that it's something that people can forget. And I think we all have things in our life that we don't necessarily have a healthy relationship with, (laughs) whether it's a person or family relationship. It can be, I don't know, a food relationship. It can be a TV relationship, just something that it's like, you know, it's not necessarily good for you, but you feel some attraction to it. And I think that we can be really hard on ourselves when we're like, oh, I should not feel this attraction to it because I know it's bad for me. It's like, okay, even if you know it's bad for you, that doesn't change the fact that you feel an attraction for it. So I didn't want it to ever feel like even once she realizes that something is kind of askew in this environment, it would be so pat to say like, oh, so now it's all going to be easy for her. That's not how the human brain works. That's not at all how it works. And I thought it was so funny. I was, when I was doing research for this book, I did a a lot of research about cults and how they work. And I thought it was so interesting. Everyone wants to imagine that when people get out of cults, that they're like, oh, man, that was terrible. Thank God I got out of that cult. In many situations, before things go bad, they go really, really well. And before a lot of communities and a lot of people make you feel really, really good before they start to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I wanted to capture in this story. She, and especially the way, I appreciated the way
0: that that inner
2: conflict that you
0: were talking about earlier, she struggles with that almost up until the very last page. I mean, it is that push-pull is within her almost until the very end. And I think, I mean, you could probably even make a case on the last page that that she still is sort of like, oh, what did I just do?
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that one of the main things that I wanted to be a takeaway from this book is that she just has a very ambivalent relationship in a way towards this institution. She loves it. She kind of knows maybe she shouldn't love it, but she does love it. And I think that a lot of people have that type of ambivalent relationship. It's really tricky. I didn't want to make it a simple story. I didn't want it to make it a very easy relationship between her and this school. And I thought it would be interesting almost to talk about the, you know, these other relationships of communities and romantic relationships and that type of thing, where with her, it is relationship to this school and this place and this time in her life.
0: I have another question from our Facebook group. Courtney wants to know
2: if you have a favorite class or subject that the characters took in the novel. Oh, that's so fun. Because I, I kind of did outline what her syllabus was. And I, half of the classes, I would say, were kind of made up and then half were real ones. I think my favorite class that she takes is, is she takes um, astronomy with Diego. And I, I love that because that one reminds me, of I, I actually did do that <laughs> in college. And it had almost the exact same impetus behind it, where it was like, though we needed a science credit and it was like, oh my god, and we're like, astronomy, that it'll <laughs> the stars, it'll be fun. And it was like, so difficult <laughs> of course i mean the class that i took was actually called life in the universe and it was basically like an intro astronomy class and yeah we i just i think back so fondly to those days of me and my friends we had like a problem set do i think it was like every thursday and every wednesday we would all get together and be like okay guys we got to figure this out and we would like <laughs> like stay up super late and we would always make a playlist that when all the music was like songs that had to be about the universe are about stars and things like a lot of David Bowie, a lot of um, Elton John and stuff. And so I would say that class is something that I feel really fondly towards.
1: I love that you said that you created a syllabus for her because <laughs> one of the things that Tavi and I were talking about with this book is that we love that it's just feels, the world feels so fully realized at Catherine House, like, Tavia, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but she's like obsessed with the meals that are prepared. (laughs) And like, we're just like all the detail that went into building this world at Catherine House. So another member of our Facebook group asked, and we want to know this too, how did you come up with the idea for a different class or a different subject matter, which is new materials and
2: plasm? I came up with the idea of plasm from a bunch of other research interests from years ago that had been following me for a very long time. I had been interested in ectoplasm, which was this kind of substance that the Victorians were researching back in their day. They saw it as this kind of like the soul of a person or of a ghost. And they, when they were doing seances, they would have like these photographs of this, what they called ectoplasm, but was clearly just like cheesecloth. It's kind of what one of those almost nonsense where it's like the Victorians were like, oh yeah, ectoplasm, it's, you know, the." the soul of an object, the soul of a person or something. And then it kind of, it could mean almost anything, you know? And I I thought that was always so funny that in so many situations it's so exact and yet it almost seems to mean nothing. And so I I kind of played with that idea. And I was, I was interested in specifically the Victorian, what they called ectoplasm and their spiritualist photography, which is just fascinating if anyone wants to look into it. And then also just larger human researches into this kind of substance that is inherent in every human, every object or something, some type of life substance, some type of ether, some type of, in alchemy, it's kind of like gold. It's just kind of a, an original substance. And I, and I think that is just a fascinating research
0: you're listening to the book club girl podcast where our guest this week is elizabeth thomas whose book katherine house is out now you can read more about lizzie's book at bookclubgirl.com podcast
1: coming up on the book club girl podcast we ask elizabeth thomas about her literary white whale stick around
0: this episode of the book club girl podcast is brought to you by when no one is watching by Alyssa cole a gripping new thriller in which the gentrification of a New York City neighborhood takes on a sinister new meaning. One of the most anticipated novels of this fall, when no one is watching,
1: is on sale now. Welcome back to the show. Each week, we bring you a fascinating new conversation with an author who's written a book we think is a great choice for book clubs to read together. Today, author Elizabeth Thomas is here with us answering questions about her debut novel, Catherine House.
0: One notable remark that I've noticed over and over again from readers on Instagram and Goodreads and even some of your reviewers, your readers deeply appreciate the highly diverse group of friends that Inez accumulates while she's at Catherine House. Would you like to comment on
2: that? One of the things that I love when people pick up on is that I think that it is a little surreal i don't think that it is necessarily realistic for a group of friends to be this diverse especially i mean in my college experience it tended to be you know different races would kind of like sit in different tables in the cafeteria and that type of thing but when i was creating this book i was like so much of catherine house is idealized so much of it is this kind of utopia and that was one of the things that I was like, this is one of the things that I want to make it feel like a utopia. Um, So I was really careful in that I wanted her group of friends to feel almost surreally, realistically integrated. And I also thought that was interesting because, as I said, I was doing all this research about cults. And I think that I think of cults as really conservative in their thinking. But I hadn't realized that so many cults were really kind of trying to create a a racial utopia in a way, like even Jonestown, like he, his whole thing was that, you know, he was kind of, we're, we're creating like a rainbow coalition type of thing. And I hadn't known that history before I was doing research about it. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to play with that and create this kind of society that on one hand, it's wonderful that it's so racially integrated. And then also it is part of kind of this false utopian society that is not actually realistic in any way.
1: I loved in the book, the school's enigmatic and charismatic director, Victoria, (laughs) who oversees the whole school, but also like the darkest sort of sort of has a hand in like sort of the new materials research that is pretty dark and mysterious. Mm -hmm. What
2: went into creating her character? You know, it's funny. When you're writing a book that for a fairly long time, sometimes you can forget earlier drafts. The other day I was clearing out some files and looking at earlier drafts, and I had forgotten that in the earliest draft of Catherine House, she was two people. She was (laughs) and so I was looking at this, I was like, who is this other character? And I was like, oh yeah, she so she used to be two people. She used to be a man and a woman. And there was a director and a subdirector, and then there was Neptune, the head of the new materials research. And I was like, the three characters at the top of this is too much. So anyway, so I'd kind of forgotten that she used to be two people. But now when I look back, it's like, oh, yeah, I feel like I can still feel that she has both that masculine and feminine energy. (laughs) You know, my question
0: about Baby is she's Inez's roommate. And she's, you know, she's a bit tragic, I think. She is almost the opposite of Inez. She's studious. She's perfectionistic. She's highly anxious. And yet, you know, Inez and baby almost come to the same end in the Mm -hmm. book. Um, Why did you pair them up as roommates?
2: Well, I I thought it would be so fun, first of all, because in college, you are just paired randomly with these roommates. So I thought it would be fun. It's so fun when people who are just so opposite come together. And I loved that Inez, immediately I wanted her to be someone who just did not care at all what people thought because I think that's so freeing to read and it's so much fun to write and someone who doesn't care at all what other people think of course they have to run across someone who cares a lot what other people think and who doesn't even understand the idea that you could not care what other people think like she doesn't even understand when Ina says like no I'm not worried about my homework it's like how can you not care about your homework like are you forgetting about it. It's like, no, I'm just not thinking about it at all. They just totally, totally don't understand each other. They're both such strong people, I think, that I think they still have this attraction to each other. And it it makes me like both of them in a way that it's like they both have this kind of softness. So I wanted to capture that. So we have one
1: more question for you. And then our last question for you. So I'll ask this one. I... Really felt reading Catherine House, the sense of claustrophobia, which you sort of talked about at the beginning, the idea that you're just sort of in this like tunnel of college and the outside world doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. And Inez's world is so restricted to the physical campus and she's totally cut off sort of to the extreme. Do you feel like that sense of isolation is particularly (laughs) resonant for readers right now in a way that you maybe didn't anticipate? Yes, I do feel that. And I
2: wish I did not feel that. (laughs) I would say it's been very surreal to have this book come out in this time on a personal level for myself. And then just a lot of what Catherine is about is whether or not you are trapped in a place or whether you are being sheltered by it. And I think that's something that I think I and a lot of other people are wrestling with at this time where you, know, you can be in your apartment for a week or something and you're like, I feel like I'm going crazy, but then you go outside and you're like, oh God, I don't wanna be out here either. <laughs> so it's kind of this feeling of, I wanna be inside. I wanna be safe. I want to be outside because that's what it means to be human. These two opposing feelings, and then also, you know, wanting to care for each other and trying to reach out to each other and trying to um, make human connections while we're all in our homes and, you know, trying to all take care of each other. So, our last question for you, Lizzie, is the same one we
0: ask every author that comes on our show What is your literary white whale? So, this is a book you've either always meant to read or one that you started reading and never finished?
2: Oh, I have two of these. One is, uh, and I can look at it. I, it's Silas Marner by George Ellington. <laughs> <laughs> and I I've started to read it a billion times, and I've never finished it. And it's not even that long. I think, I don't even know what it's about. I think something about some gold, some some old man, and it dobs a kid. And then the other one is called The Hounds of the Morrigan by Pat O'Shea. It's like a classic fantasy book. And I don't know, I've just, I have this like beautiful giant version of it. And it's one of those like books and you're like, oh, I want to sit and like get a cup of tea and finish this. And I've always just read the first chapter. I was like, that was delightful. And then never gone any further. So, <laughs> you know, maybe now's the time. Let's read some
1: books. Elizabeth Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on the Book Club Girl podcast. This was so fun to talk thank about. Thank you. House. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. That was Elizabeth Thomas, whose book, Catherine House, is out now. To find out more about Elizabeth's book and how to buy it, head to bookclubgirl.com, where you can also find links to everything mentioned in this episode.
0: Like what you heard? Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, give us a rating and leave a review. We just might read it on the show.
1: And another way to help spread the word about the Book Club Girl podcast is to tell a friend. It really helps others to find us.
0: You'll hear from us again in two weeks, where we'll be speaking with the great Gregory Maguire for the 25th anniversary of his beloved novel, Wicked, which, as many of you know, inspired the Broadway
1: musical. You can join one of our upcoming conversations. We're going to be speaking with our first poet on the Book Club Girl podcast. We have the opportunity to speak with the legendary Nikki Giovanni about her brand new collection of poetry, which is called Make Me Rain. So if you have questions about Nikki Giovanni's work, which has won so many awards, you can email us, thegirls at bookclubgirl.com or post in the Facebook group. I am so excited to talk to Nikki. Me too. Me I'm too. kind of nervous too. <laughs> it's going to be so amazing. I can't, it really, I really can't wait.
0: Before we go, we'd like to thank Charles DeMontebello, who produced today's episode, Jessica Williams, who edited Catherine House, and to Lizzie herself for setting up a microphone in her apartment. Until next time, I'm Tavia.
1: And I'm Eliza.
3: Happy reading. A hush fell over the hall our attention shifted to the administrator's dais. Victoria was standing. Welcome to our winter festival, she said. She smiled over the assembly. I am so pleased to gather with you all on this cold evening, she continued. Here at Catherine, we've always believed in the power of rhythm. The rhythm of the day Classes and teas, work and sleep. The rhythm of the seasons. The rhythm of our voices and hearts. These rhythms bind us to ourselves, to each other, and to our environments. And these festival nights, the nights when we take a special moment to drink and eat and laugh together in celebration of these vital rhythms. Well, they have always been my favorite nights in this house. She was looking down at her hands. Her face barely moved as she spoke. Tonight, we celebrate the precious quiet of wintertime, she said. And how lovely is this time of silence and work and anticipation and decay, she looked up. Here at Catherine, we know not to fear death, because even in death, There is life. Death is not the black night, but its white moon, the honeyed egg of rebirth. Her voice was low. She had a slight, unplaceable accent. So please, she said. Let us praise tonight, this room, and each other. Let us feast and be glad in the darkest of times. She raised her glass. To winter, she said, and to tonight. We sipped. As she sat down, Ma Neptune, the director of the New Materials Concentration, placed his hand on her arm. I couldn't see his face, but I could tell from her expression that he was whispering in her ear. At least it was a short speech, Yaya said, as the aides distributed tureens of vanilla pudding. She spooned some onto her plate. Short now, Theo said, but wait until our coming in. That's when things get crazy. Our coming in, Baby whispered. Yeah, it's, I don't know, something we do in a couple of weeks. Why hasn't Kimmy told us about it? Kimmy doesn't tell us anything, Yaya said, stirring at her pudding with a disconsolate frown. Something seemed to upset her. No one tells a shit. Baby wasn't eating her pudding either. I touched her shoulder. Well, Theo said, soft enough that we all had to lean in to listen. According to Crystal? Hold up, Yaya said. Who's Crystal? One of the skanks, Nick whispered. Theo gave him the finger. According to Crystal, Our coming in is in a couple of weeks, in like, the middle of the night. She made it sound like some kind of ceremony. And apparently, it's what separates us from the upperclassmen. After it happens, we'll start going to sessions. Sessions? Yaya said. Friday night dinners. So it's an initiation ceremony, Nick said. An initiation ceremony, Yaya said, raising her eyebrow. We've been here four months. Isn't it a little late for that? Theo shrugged. Crystal wouldn't tell me anything else. We all looked at each other. None of us smiled. Baby pressed her palms tight against the table. She looked like she was going to be sick. The pudding tureens were whisked away.